How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast, where we discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to episode 95 of the Easy Peasy podcast. We've got a good friend of the show on today. Is it cool if we use your first name? It's fine with me. Cool. We got Dennis on the show. And uh, Dennis and I have been wanting to do this for a while. But, you know, I like I said to you, uh, basically, I for some reason just wanted to like hold off on our chat um, until... I guess the right day, the right time. And for whatever reason, I think we're there. Uh, so I appreciate your patience, buddy. You know, <laughs> I, I was definitely I the process. Yeah, man. I was kind of like hold, holding it back for a little while, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So how you doing, man? Oh, not too bad. Um, things are running pretty smoothly, you know, getting moved over to day shift at my work. So that's going to kind of suck, but past that life's going pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah. Going pretty well in good old Indiana. Yeah, man. So far, so good. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Uh, you know, as you know, I've been I've been writing like been busy. I've been I've been doing shit. <laughs> do we want Do we want to talk a little bit about that? I well, I think last night it was good. Did you finish? Okay, so I had sent you how many pages? Uh, One hundred twenty-four. Okay, I'm at like one thirty-four now or something. So you've read right. the you've you've read the bulk of it then. Yeah. Um, and I almost felt like what I sent to you was sort of the first half, if I had to guess, right? Right. I saw that in the little note. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how long it ends up being. I don't really, I don't really know yet, but uh, I do appreciate you reading it, and I'll be curious to get some thoughts on it. But I think before we go there, why don't why don't we get a little bit about you? Um, you know, first of all, you said you're changing shifts. So what what do you do for work? So I am a machinist at a machine shop in, we'll keep it fairly vague, but mm -hmm. um, uh, West Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I, I enjoy my job. I've been machining for a long time. I'm going on about five years experience now. Um, and actually the way that I found Anarchy was through machinist school, which is really, the yeah. How'd that work? Uh, I had a, uh, classmate of mine that he was he was a little uh out there at first but the more i got to know him mm -hmm. i was like fuck this is what i've been needing to find my whole life because mm -hmm. it just it clicked into place yeah man and uh you know i guess we'll we'll just tell the audience you're you're a pretty young guy um yeah. you know yep. you said you've been a machinist for a long time five years but you're only what like 23 24 
uh, I turned 21 into the month. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been working for most of my life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and I just remember being really impressed at, at, uh, Childerberg. Um, like I said, I never would have guessed you were that young. Even if you had told me, I like it slipped my mind, you know, like you just, yeah. you seem, you seem a lot more mature at least than I was at, <laughs> you know, like at 20 yeah. years old, I, I didn't have my shit together near as well <laughs> as you, uh, at least from outwards appearance. Uh, yep. but didn't you tell me, uh, you were raised on like a cattle farm? Your, your pops is a rancher. Is that right? Right. And, uh, that was actually something I wanted to talk about because after you had said that we were going to wait for a minute, I was kind of just thinking and, and just, uh, doing a lot of, of thinking. And then I remembered that my mom, she grew up on a dairy and all the stories that she had told me. And I realized it wasn't just a dairy. It was a permaculture Hmm. in like the late seventies, early eighties. In, all the way through the 90s as well but it was it was very much centered around the permaculture and they had the horticulture and just that process packed down to a t do you think um were they switched on to the terminology or was it just like See, natural I don't know i need i need to talk to certain people about that and my mm-hmm. family um because it's it's definitely something that I, I would like to get to know and and get some ideas from my grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Because well, you know, the one some, that was that was running it. Some people describe permaculture as like um, the stuff that your grandparents knew that your parents forgot, and that's of course you know a pretty broad generalization, but um, it's pretty accurate though. Yeah, yeah. Because like I mean, that's what she grew up doing was on a dairy farm doing permaculture mm-hmm. and you know they had the what people are doing now which is they have all the, the animals that are like coig- uh, like mm, not coexisting but it's like they all have their own process and they all kind of lead into each other like they raised rabbits to feed the alligators they raised the alligators to get rid of the the rabbits that would die because I mean, it's rabbits. They they die as fast as they breed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had their chickens, and the rabbits would help fertilize the, the garden, and it was just it all was the interconnected ecosystem. Yeah, man. It's well, it's just common sense stuff, really. Although I can't say I've ever heard of alligators being used in a permaculture. See, sort I think of that was rotation. just kind of like a waste thing. And they had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had so many because I want to say they had like a thousand or something rabbits. Like they had an insane amount, mm-hmm. so they had to have some way to efficiently get rid of them. And call I guess just that was call it a biological garbage disposal, right? Exactly. <laughs> She used and, to tell me stories about how like the high schoolers would come in there and just like wrestle the alligators for fun and shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Did they did they do anything with the gators? Um, or was I would it assume just... they ate them. I don't know. They haven't really ta- <laughs> uh, like I don't ever really get to talk to her a whole a lot about it. Um, I'm gonna have to go visit her next weekend and ask. Yeah, man, um, that'd, that'd it be just, interesting. Whenever she, I was. It's been years since she's told any stories to me about that. Mm. So. And uh, like I said, I just got to talk to my grandfather about it as well. How old are they? Uh, my mom, she's in her late 40s. And then my grandfather, he's 
probably early to mid seventies. Okay. Fairly yeah. young. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess your family breeds like rabbits too, huh? Uh, yeah, I've got a quite <laughs> large family on my mom's side, actually. Yeah. I've got 20 something cousins. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. similar for me. My mom's side's the, <laughs> the big, you know, actually yeah. both sides, but yeah. yeah, it's hard to keep track of everybody, man, between the first and the second cousins and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I guess, um, unless, unless you have anything else on that, I am, I'm super like curious, selfishly curious to hear what you think about the book. So, um, I, I have to pull it up real quick. Cause there was a part in the beginning. I want to see, it was like the first paragraph. It just, it was the perfect opening paragraph. Hmm. You know, it's funny because um, like this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, like write a novel. And uh, and I've tried before to get started, but it was always kind of clunky. And uh, for whatever reason, just it kind of just clicked and I just started writing. And I think I think having that strong opening, actually, um, it's like, I don't know, it's like lighting the powder keg and everything else just came after. Right, right. So. Do you mind if I read this opening paragraph? Please, go right ahead. All right. The who of this story is unimportant. Imagine anyone you like. Although I imagine as a version of me, I never felt I was making any decisions throughout the following saga. I felt as though someone or something was guiding me. Perhaps you, sitting there, reading. Perhaps your psyche is what guided me. Perhaps it was someone else's. What's it matter anyways? Don't think too hard about it. You might strain something. And what I think that 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 paragraph does is it sets the tone for the story because the entire time I can imagine you, you know, what what quite a bit we talked at Childerberg. We we you know <clears throat> did a lot of talking and just getting to know each other pretty well. I think we vibed pretty well. Um and I can definitely see the main character um as being you, but I can also see it being anyone else. Mm. And I think that's what I was so like, dude, I was reading this in between sets at the gym. Like mm. it had me hooked and it's not an exciting read, but it's an interesting read. Well, I'll tell you, it gets exciting. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> it does. You know, and you gotta, you gotta see, build up to it. People, yeah. I'm a huge book reader. I am a huge book reader. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of people, I've read a lot of good books. I've read a few bad books. This is a good book. Because well, I hope it can stay that way. You know, finishing it, finishing is going to be the hard part. But yeah, go on. It, it, go it, on. Although yeah. it starts off slow, it's it's just enough where it's still intriguing, and you're like, I want I want to know where this is going because. Mm. I can tell what is and isn't real, and even the things that aren't necessarily real are true. Hmm. If you catch my drift, well, I'll take I'll take that, man. That that's it's good to hear. Um, you know, I don't want this episode to be like about the e- book. Well, I don't want it to be some kind of ego stroke, but I am very like very excited about this project I'm I'm doing now, this writing, yeah. and. Um, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think it was good, but I almost needed confirmation from like, I sent it to you and 
I want to say like two or three other people. And, um, it's like, I knew, I knew it was good, but I wanted to be <laughs> sure. I wanted right. to be sure, you know? Well, and, uh, anywho. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand because, um, I'm a bit of a nerd. Mm. Um, and I run a D and D campaign with a bunch of all my, all my friends and buddies. <clears throat> and I have that same issue. Like, I know it's good, but you don't know it's good until someone else tells you it's good. And you're like, okay, so I'm not just being an egotistical bastard. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so I'm thinking what I sent you, um, I, I, I want to say it left on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, like it left on a boom. <laughs> the, uh, the airplane coming down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, I guess I don't want to like give away too much of the plot per se, but I guess nope. we'll just, we'll tell the listener, you know, this, this is a bit of a teaser. I'm hoping everybody who listens to, my podcast will buy at least one copy of this book, right? Maybe a couple and yeah. hand them out as gifts. Um, but I want to tease a little bit of the fact that like the main, the main point in the background, the context is that there was a great blackout, right? Which is not an original plot point. Like I know there's like a whole genre of prepper fiction um, that kind of is based around like the lights going out. And, um, and so I chose to make that like a background component of the story, but not by any means like the focus. It's kind of just something that occurred that now people are dealing with in the aftermath. And, um, I wasn't sure how much I'd explain like the day of, or like the, the surrounding period of time of this great blackout, but I just decided to write that one little chapter, um, and it's, I think it's a pretty fucking exciting chapter, man. You know? See, and that's what I was saying. It was a slow buildup because that was a fucking cliffhanger. <laughs> because yeah. I was sitting there, I was reading it. I want to say it was last night or maybe it was the night before. I don't know. My days are fucked up. Um, and I was sitting there reading it and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the intended response. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh um, shit. Yeah, I want yeah. I want that to be the moment where you say holy fuck. Um So, <laughs> I yeah. whenever I didn't I Again, I don't want to give too much away, but I didn't realize that it was like the whole world. At first, mm -hmm. I thought it was an attack or something like that, and mm -hmm. then whenever you said that uh, a little bit earlier in the book, I was like, "Oh shit. Okay. So this is an act of God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We'll say there's a bit of a, a bit of a background, like spiritual slash, um, paranormal kind of component to what's going on in the story. Um, if yeah. You can't tell. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, uh, I threw in a little bit of boondock saints in there with, with the second lead character. Right? Oh, and you got a little monkey wrench gang in there. Mm -hmm. I had to tip my hat to, to Abby, man. I really did. Well, and your writing style is so similar. So if any of you listeners have read any Abby, and again, that's another thing that just drew me so into it. It was, it's, it's a conversation without it being a conversation. It is a two-sided conversation going one way, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. that's Abby's writing style. 
well, I almost hope it's not too damn similar, you know? No, no, you, you definitely, you, it's not that it, you are writing like Abby. No one can write like Abby. Abby uh-huh. can write like Abby. Right. However, you have your own twist and flair to it. You're a bit more snarky. Hmm. Um, well, shit, man. That's, that's saying something because he was a snarky motherfucker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, he was, but it's just, and it just has your soul in it. It really does, yeah. especially talking to Susie. Mm. I can almost, I almost feel that that's based on a true inter- interaction. Like, I, I got that feeling. I'm trying to even remember. Um, the hotel like attendant. Uh, okay, so I, I'm even mixing up my own characters. Yes, yeah, Susie is the is the motel owner, yes. and Sally yeah, is the dog. I keep yes. mixing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny because like all the places are real, and a lot of the people yes. are and you real. Can tell. So it's the, much much the same way in Abby and the Monkey Wrench Gang. You can mm-hmm. tell he's been in these exact spots. Mm-hmm. And you, you can tell that you've been in these exact spots in your book. Mm-hmm. It's the level detail, just the. It's not even like the level to detail. It's just the fact that you can describe every, you know, nook and cranny of it, every twist and turn. Mm. I could do the same thing with um, the ranch that my dad works at. I go out there, I hike. I know a lot of the area. I could tell you, oh hey, you know, go up a mile and a half. There's gonna be a um, you're going to be following along a kind of a bendy road and then it's going to go off to the right. You're going to take the first road on your left. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think um, whether or not I'm actually looking at it here. I think you, you got the chapter. Um, it's one of the later ones, but where they have kind of that standoff. Yes. So no. that one that that I almost could just see it in my own mind's eye because I I spent a year on that on that place like in that mile stretch of road mm-hmm. working in those orchards. So you know, not only was it kind of fun to write like and just reminisce on the place, but like superimposing this sort of uh, dramatic scene of uh, you know like guns being drawn and pointed, and you know it's um. It's just kind of funny to fantasize about shit that that could be, you know, that mm-hmm. that isn't but could be. Um so that's that's you know, again, we're we're teasing this out, but uh <laughs> I I tell you man, I really do appreciate you like giving it a a close read. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to like I don't know. And to share it with someone else. To share, like, yeah, I've kind of worked my way up to it. I think a big, uh, a big step for me was actually my my poetry episode that I put out maybe four or five mm-hmm. months ago. Um, that and War of the Words. And War of the Words, which is kind of part of the of the book now. Right, right. No, I um, saw that. So, you know, it's kind of like that poetry episode. I was so nervous. I was so anxious. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I almost didn't even want to publish it cause it was like, man, people are going to judge me, right? They're going to judge my poems. And it's like, you know what? Fuck them. They've been judging me my whole life. Anyhow. <laughs> exactly. Fuck them. <laughs> Who gives a shit? If they don't like yeah. it, they don't like it. Right. Right. Well, shit, man. I guess, um, I'm curious. Are there any other like favorite moments that we could, you know, let's maybe tease one more scene that people can kind of. 
Let's go back to that canyon scene. That whole, I think it was like two chapters, or, three, or like maybe it may have been like on the edge of three. Mm-hmm. That like because the way that you wrote it, it, I've always been pretty well. Um, I've been I've been pretty good at but, like picturing the. I don't. It's like watching a movie in my head. I don't read. I watch. I watch the book happen in my head. And yep. And the way that you described it, and I could almost just like see what was going on there, and it was phenomenal. Well, it's kind of funny because I, you know, I talked with Ty right just mm-hmm. uh, yep. last last week, and and it was kind of cool like i had started the book but i hadn't at that point really like fleshed out this this hayduk character mm-hmm. um and talking with ty like it gave me somebody to kind of imagine although i've exaggerated him um you know like ty's not the tallest dude in the world but like you know i described this character as being basically just a goliath of a man right yeah and yeah. um but just like the the dialogue of it, like just having a couple hour chat with Ty, like helped me kind of, you know, it's like, how do he and I communicate? Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so that was pretty cool. I'm going to I'm going to have to tip my hat to Ty for being a little bit of an inspiration for that character. And Ty's um, a cool dude. Yeah, man. He really I, I is. I talked to him a little bit at Schoderberg as well. And he he was see. um. It was weird because at first you got that like that just the military vibe. I mean, you, how could you not? He was shirtless with the fucking simplified tattoo on his stomach. Right. Like, but he was also wearing like fluorescent shorts and like exactly you know, short shorts. Like you know, yeah. he had he. I told him it's like he had a smile a mile wide on the whole weekend, as far as I could tell. He, and at first I was like, ah, feds have shown up. And then I looked <laughs> to him, and it was like, oh no, this is the most like this is the coolest dude here yeah like super fucking authentic genuine 100%. friendly hundred yeah. percent yeah you you cannot find a more authentic person there at Childerberg. And, well, and no one there was dis was disingenuous either but true. he was just the most mm-hmm. um himself and you could just tell the the easygoingness and the lack of i don't say care but it was the lack of caring about judgment well it's easy to not care what people think when you've got a extended mag glock hanging out of your you know shorty shorts <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? Nope. he 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 was a funny dude man is a he funny was. dude i should say and um uh, you know definitely one of the people i'm glad i got to know and you know you're you're certainly amongst the top handful of folks i'm glad i met um you know like you said we just kind of vibed right off the bat mm-hmm. and um well you just we'll, we'll talk about how how we met a little bit real yeah, quick yeah yeah um I was just sitting around the pseudo campfire because we weren't allowed to have a campfire at first. Well, we thought we weren't, but as long as it was like in the little metal containers, we could. Because hmm, yeah. Texas is going through a drought and whatnot. Um, but you <laughs> you rocked up and you just kind of joined into the conversation, and it was it was supernatural, and you kind of started sharing a little bit. And uh, you just pulled out your recorder and was like, uh, you mind if we record a podcast right now? And I was like, I don't think anyone else here isn't a podcaster, so might as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny, man, because like I was I was nervous because like 
I don't want to be the guy that everybody thinks is a fed because I'm like recording conversations. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so I'm like, I can't tell you how many fucking podcasts were recorded yeah. that weekend. Well, I let's. Know- Slurp Gang recorded one. I was gonna say let's let's shout them let's shout them all out. Yep. Slurp Gang. Um, I was actually at the Slurp Gang recording, but I wasn't yeah. talking. I was fucking blasted off my mind in the back, just listening. Yeah. I don't even re- remember that conversation, bro. <laughs> I, just I think remember being there. I think they didn't even use like I think they recorded something that they didn't end up using because it was just too fucking chaotic, you know. Oh, there was there was no coherent conversation <laughs> going on at that recording. Well, and then so like biting the bullet. Um, yep. Br hates the feds. Uh, timeline Earth. Yes. Buck Johnson was there. I I wish I could have met him, but I never see. I, never I don't got know who chance. that is. He does um, counterflow. He's he's a okay. pretty big name in the libertarian world, and I think oh. he's he's kind of dabbling in the anarchist community. I moved um, past the libertarian phase pretty quickly. It was yeah, it was about, he's, so he's a wicked sharp dude. I listen yeah. to his, I, I listen to all his shows, and he yeah. has some really cool um, some cool guests. And he's a he's an avid um, Orthodox Christian, and it's something that kind of was surprising to me. I, I knew of like anarcho Christians or Christian anarchists, whatever you want to call them. But going to Childerberg, it's like, I met a bunch of them, man, and had some really cool chats with some of them. And, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just ask you, were you, were you raised Christian or I was, um, I'm not a believer now. <clears throat> I've got, I have had several things in my life that have just kind of led to that point. However, I do see the value in it, and especially the uh, moral system that is in Christianity. It is very valuable. And, you know, as you see more and more people move away from that, you also see the degeneration of society. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to, to say it. I mean, you have kids going to fucking drag queen shows. Um, they're getting taught about sex and um, sexuality at the kindergarten age, I don't care what level they're teaching them at. I had a conversation, or I, not a conversation. I had an argument on uh, on an Instagram comment because um, I said, you know, well, I mean, they're teaching kids sex and sexuality in, in uh, kindergarten. They're like, oh, where do you find that at? And I fucking sent like two articles. And in the articles, you know, they said that they start at kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. And they're like, well, if you read the fucking article, it doesn't say that they start teaching sex ed until 7th grade. I'm like, okay, sick. I'm all for that because around that age, 13 to 14 years old, you are getting into that. However, what you missed in the fucking opening paragraph, if you would read, is that they start at kindergarten. Mm -hmm. It's talking about, you know... How there's boys with pen or there's boys with vaginas, girls with penises, um, that kind of shit. And this is obviously a, a California law that, or not a law, but it was a bill that they signed into, and that schools are allowed to teach that. Mm-hmm. But they were trying to argue that I was overreacting because you know they only actually start teaching sex ed in seventh grade. If you fucking read the article. It doesn't take a genius to fucking pick through it and see where this is going. Right. No, you just, if you have any kind of ability to perceive patterns mm-hmm. and trends, like clearly something is going on there and it's fucking 
gross. Like, yeah, I, you know, sometimes I joke that it took me about 27 years to become a man. So, so how is a six-year-old going to decide to not become a man when it took me that long to figure it out for myself? And like, you're going to, you're going to decide, no, I'm, I'm going to be a woman at that age when you don't know the first fucking thing about yourself yet. You know, and I think a big problem for, um, for American like youth, right. For, for children in this country is, um, it's so hard to like solidify an identity because there's so much, uh, so much like mixed messaging and, um, and bullshit, like just confusing stuff that makes you wonder and not know what to think of yourself. And I think, uh, you know, like in terms of manhood in particular, and like the transition from boyhood to manhood, um, we just have so little to like stimulate that growth and like recognize it and honor it. And, you know, so it almost doesn't surprise me that, you know, it's like with the way manhood gets demonized and, and we don't kind of talk about it as a virtue. Um, it doesn't surprise me that confused young people are rejecting masculinity in mass. You know, it's like, maybe I'm going a step too far by saying this, but it's kind of like so many women are choosing to be lesbians. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble here, brother. (laughs) But like, I know some that I've personally like a girl that I used to fuck like now has nothing to do with men. It seems like she just wants to be with women. And it's a shame because we had good times together. We we had a supportive kind of thing. And, and it's just, I kind of see that as part of the same trend. It's just a utter and complete rejection of the masculine virtue. It really is. And see, I think a lot of it is parents wanting to push their own politics on their kids. Because whenever I was growing up, I have this memory of walking around and I want to say my mom's or my sister's high heels. And it was just because I I thought it was fucking hilarious. It mm-hmm. wasn't because I was gay. It wasn't because I wanted to dress like a woman. It was because I walked fucking funny and I was three inches taller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like... Bro, I remember my sisters dressed me up multiple times, and I always remember my dad getting kind of, kind of sore about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, and yeah. like, it, it. I think a lot of it just depends on who your parents are and what politics they're pushing on you. I also grew up watching Will and Grace, which mm-hmm. is I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a very prominent early um, show about a gay man. His roommate and um just a bunch of their friends and it was it was kind of like the like kind of like friends but it was gay the i mean gayer. Sort of like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right, right. and yeah. i fucking I, I i used to quote that show line by line but it, it i mean it never i never thought oh hey they're talking about uh getting fucked by dudes or anything like that and been like oh, i kind of want to do that it's just like it's it's a show it's yeah. not reality and if somebody wants Something like that, go for it. Just why do you have to push it on someone else? And why does everyone have to be gay or bi? Why can't everyone just be their own individual? Yeah, man. And, well, and like for anybody sitting there thinking these guys are a couple fucking homophobes, like, you know, fuck off. We're not. No. Like, 
like I've got friends on every side of every spectrum and exactly. And I got no animosity towards anybody, but like the thing of it is, is just, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the trends of things. And, mm-hmm. um, it's clearly a growing trend, like the transitioning thing and you know, all of it, all of it. You know, I think it's just, again, I, I boil it all down to a lack of respect and like a, a lack of appreciation for the male energy. Um, you know, I'll speak kind of personally here, but like, I think, I think it's been hard on my family to see me become a man because I was the sweet, quiet kid for so long. Right. The, mm-hmm. the tender, you know, like easy going, like nothing bothered me as a kid. I just went along and like, and when this, um, sort of fire started to burn inside me. People didn't know how to take it. And um, it's, it's a little frustrating just cause it's like, well, shit, like I'm only becoming more of what I am uh, more of what I ought to be. And I'm only if, becoming more of myself. And if that intimidates you, like not my problem, man, you know? Yep. Yeah. I think my family has, has done the same thing, especially like my dad, He's all for it, you know. He he is a, a manly man. Mm-hmm. He, like I said, he manages a ranch. Um, and but my mom, it's been it's been really hard for her just for the sheer fact that I was the same way. I was that quiet kid, and I'm still pretty easygoing. You know, shit doesn't fucking bother me. However, whenever something does bother me, I'm a lot more vocal now. Mm-hmm. I don't just let it just go by i'm like uh hey no this this is not happening this is how how things are gonna go i had shit at work that was that was going wrong and and i was complaining to one of the management and they go oh no i understand i said no 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 you don't understand what i'm saying because mm. no i understand no you do not understand what i'm saying this is the fucking problem and it's affecting my job therefore we're going to fucking fix this. We're going to have issues. Mm. And before I would have just, I wouldn't have said anything, but you know, like you said, just reclaiming that masculinity and, and not letting things that bother you slide past. It's, it's just, I think biting your tongue is a, is a, is a fool's errand, you know, like it is. I, I used to bite my tongue all the time, all the time, you know, I remember as a kid, man, like I I was always kind of a curious natured kid and like wanted to know why things were what they were. And, you know, I remember at one point I might have been 10 years old and and my sisters and my mom were in the car. You know, it was just me with my with my sisters and my mom. And we were talking about fucking whatever. Somebody was getting married. And I I just said this thought. I said, you know, (laughs) I just go I just go. How come how come a man has to spend three months salary on a ring? You know, that's a pretty poignant question for like a 10, a 10 or 12 year old. Right. And, uh, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, that just seems like a lot of money. <laughs> I'm seems like, like some bullshit. Yeah. I'm like that three months, like three fucking months. And, uh, they're like, I, that was the first time I was ever called a cynic. You know, they're like, oh, it's romantic. It shows commitment. I'm like, no, like asking to marry somebody is is what shows commitment you, you know, know what shows more commitment and sentiment is if you fucking make the ring yourself amen amen yeah who gives a fuck if it has a goddamn diamond on it right it's a fucking rock that looks pretty i can go find a fucking lock rock that looks pretty myself 
Well, you know, it's one of the great lies that was told to our culture uh, that diamonds are valuable. Diamonds are not inherently no. valuable. I mean, they have utility. They have uses. They are I was a about hard, to say the exact same thing. Right, they're, but, they're useful. But they're not as rare as they want you to think. Like there are storehouses chock full of diamonds that are held back from the market to maintain a false scarcity. And most people don't even know that. Like, yeah. I think the diamond, the diamond market is more or less uh, a monopoly. If I'm not mistaken, there's like one family that owns all the fucking diamonds. Probably. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It's no different than with anything that's falsely scarce. Um, I mean, just look at baby food formula Mm. right now. Mm. Just look at that. Mm. That that's a, a current topic that is being falsely scarce i saw a video the other day of of a bunch of fucking baby food formula that was getting broken and burnt because it it came in shipment and it was supposedly contaminated but there was no evidence that it was actually contaminated and it was perfectly good baby food that anyone could use not only that but um there was uh a, a statement by the I want to say the White House <clears throat> that was like, do not make your own baby food formula. It can endanger your child because it's unsafe for them. It's like, I hate to tell you, but how do you think people survived mm-hmm. for generations upon generations without with, I mean, women haven't always been able to breastfeed their kids. Some, some women just can't. Mm-hmm. And if you're remote and you can't just hop over to your neighbor and have her breastfeed your kid, and uh, I mean, what do you think is, how do you think they fucking fed the baby? They made their own formula. Well, I think they actually fed them cow's milk. Oh, that as well. I mean, <clears> there's, <throat> there's several alternatives and mm-hmm. they say, oh, hey, don't feed your kid cow's milk because, you know, here's a couple reasons why. But if you're telling me that, even though whenever I was growing up, the food pyramid was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, hey. Y'all do realize the food pyramid is bullshit. We should not be eating, eating this much grain and 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 just all oh, the, the food pyramid is bullshit because they have such little protein from like meats up there. It's at that that little point. Everything else is just nothing but fucking estrogen and just shitty protein. It's it's not readily available through the um uh I guess like just like the amount of protein that your body actually absorbs. Like, whey protein has a really high percentage that it actually is absorbed into the uh, body along with meats. Then you get down to, like, other... And then you get soy. Like, soy is at the bottom. It's, like, 25 or 50% of that protein that you intake, you, your body actually absorbs. And, and, yet, and yet they're telling us that um, eating meat is killing the planet. And, and that it will also kill you because, you know... Um, it'll clog up your cardiovascular system even mm-hmm. though we were carnivores for most of our for, you know millennia yeah. millennia yeah. yeah well and i you know it's i keep coming back to this little phrase i forget who who said it to me um it's very simple everything you know what you know who it was it was a guy at the self reliance fest and he just said it he goes everything we are told is a lie i believe that was billy bond who said it and it sounds like an exaggeration, but it just ain't. 
Like everything we have been told is a lie. You know, it's like the justification for circumcision. Bullshit, man. Bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be, don't be lazy. Like, how about you clean your kid's junk instead of cutting it off? Right. And, uh, simple stuff like that, man. But it's when you actually look back and like, think about it, it's like, this is all fabricated nonsense. And clearly, clearly we can't trust them about food. Cause like you said, they were pushing the food pyramid forever. And now they're telling us like, we all got to switch to a plant-based diet and it is so far from like scientifically sound, you know, I mean, we could talk coronavirus, like (laughs) fucking everything is a lie, man. Everything (laughs) is. And so I actually, so I was at the T-Mobile store uh, Friday and I'm just sitting there waiting to get my, (laughs) to get my phone. And this lady, she sits down next to me and I don't know how the fuck the conversation started, but she was like, um, we just went on like this long conversation. Um, so much of this shit was bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just really fucking weird because it was just a random, random lady I had never fucking met. She's probably like late fifties, early sixties, and she was just like, "Yeah, um, I ha- I have a roommate, and she works in the um, like." The health industry and she got coronavirus and the um fucking tracking and tracing people called me and was like asking for like my phone number and name and and you know that way they could track and trace who i've been in contact with and she's like and you know what it all loops back around to and i was like yeah klaus schwab and she was like Yep, you'll own nothing and be happy. And I said, the wow. Box. She, yeah. she, she knows it. She knows yeah. it. Wow. Yep. And this, and I was just like, holy fuck, this just happened to be randomly in public. Yeah. Yeah. Which was wild. And it just goes to show that we really are not the minority. Bro. Okay. And so... how much, oh, and the, uh, so BR, going back to our like little community, is mm-hmm. one of his things is, um, they wouldn't need the propaganda if it was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well said. He's a smart cookie. Br. Uh, I, he I has like such yeah. a great show. He was he was my gateway in, into this community. Really, him and the E Militia fighting the bullet. Um, yeah. well, dude, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking because uh, I've had a lot of similar interactions as to what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um both with like people I know and with strangers where you're just kind of shocked at how like switched on some people are, you know, like just yesterday I was driving and, uh, and it was like back to back to back. I saw, I saw this truck with a window sticker that says, you know, it's got a big picture of the fucking mask. Right. And it says (laughs) this mask is as useless as our governor Holcomb. Okay. Which says a whole lot okay that says a whole lot because holcomb is a conservative and you got to imagine whoever's driving that truck maybe sort of kind of was a conservative at one point but Mm -hmm. fucking not anymore man because they they get it i'm like good Good. yeah and i saw i saw a guy with one of those like uh food delivery backpacks he was like pedaling a bicycle doing grubhub or something 
And he had a big old patch on the back that just said, this is what tyranny looks like. You know, not, not referring to his, his job, I don't think, or his, his source of income, but just referring to this as in like all of it. Right. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I've gotten into these kind of random chats with strangers, you know, last night at the pub, man, I, I was walking the dog around, just sipping on my beer, listening to the band play. And I see this dude, you know, about, about my age, who's wearing kind of a crocodile Dundee looking hat, you know, and I'm wearing, I was wearing my nice cowboy hat too. So, Hey, there's an in, right. And he's got a little, uh, blue healer puppy with him. And, and so we just start chatting. I said, you know, what's the dog's name or whatever this and that, how old is it? And before you know it, it turns out this dude's from California. He's living out of a van, you know, doing the van life thing. And he's here in Indy for like three weeks, uh, for work. And I said, well, what kind of work? He says, oh, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically I work in artificial intelligence. And I go, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, bro, give me your phone number right fucking now. You said you're in town for another three weeks. I'm getting you on the motherfucking podcast. And, and he was all about it, man. Um, you know, it's just like, it didn't take us long to realize we're, uh, kindred aligned. Yeah. Kindred spirits, so to speak. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the benefit, right? Like it's the silver lining of all of this is, um, you know, the, the veil has, has been pulled. And even though a lot of people apparently are still buying into it, it's like less and less. Um, see, I don't even, I don't even fucking think that's true. I think a lot of it is just like Twitter bots, fucking because you see these screenshots of it's the exact same fucking text, word for word, letter for letter, just with different usernames. It is fucking copy pasted. It and it's like maybe we're not on the minority side. We are the majority. Just there's so much propaganda and bullshit out there that it it is it's crushing and feels like we are the minority whenever that is just simply not true. Yeah. You might, you might be right, but I mean, even still like personally, Oh, I'm not saying there's no one out there, but I I just know people that are still seriously, excuse me, seriously misled. And, um, definitely I have an aunt who she, whenever Trump got elected into office, you know, he was whatever he was, but he, she was convinced that he was going to send every single gay person into a fucking concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And anyone that voted for him, uh, like my mom, you know, she's conservative and that's how I was raised, but she voted for Trump. And whenever she found out, she felt like she was voting to send my aunt to the concentration camp. That's what my aunt thought. Mm. And that was, a rough time in my family because of that. Well, I almost think maybe we hit like peak polarization, maybe in like 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's been maybe getting better since then, despite like all the fucked up shit that's been going on and how they continue to, you know, fuck with our rights. I think the longer it went, the more it opened people's eyes you know, that's not saying anything groundbreaking, but I just, I, I do think, um, tides have turned in the last year or so. And you're right. It, like it feels kind of vindicating or, um, encouraging to like start to see 
evidence of others, right? Because, mm-hmm. bro, even just as long ago as as Childerberg, right? That was in oh, what May yeah. or June? That was ending of May, early June. At that point, like I was still feeling fucking isolated. Like I, I felt the same way. And then whenever mm-hmm. I got there, I'm like, holy fuck, this is this is my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these are the people I've been looking for, and yeah. everyone here was thinking the same thing. I can't t- like. Do you remember? Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I guess you can bleep out his name. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The California guy. Mm-hmm. He in was the, very uh, much the same way. I still keep in touch with him. Do you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Uh, some really cool people, and you know what it makes me think of. You kind of hit on it a minute ago, but like this idea of like trust and like. Um, you know, Childerberg was kind of funny because like everybody jokes about, you know, who's the fed, who's the <laughs> fed. Right. But like yeah. overall it was a spirit, like a very, uh, there was a spirit of trust. You know, mm-hmm. people were very open in their, in their conversations. Um, and like, it was, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. The level of trust that everybody had, right getting completely wrecked together even though they know like there's oh, guns God. around and like, yeah. <laughs> like dude like did a single shot ring out the whole weekend no 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 and uh and i don't know many people that were not armed at that function right right dude i remember the first the first night like kind of stashing my 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 revolver and and then uh it didn't take long before I saw people open carrying. I'm like, well, what am I, what am I not carrying for? Like, yeah, just, just because I have some idea in my head that I'm like, not supposed to, if I'm like getting drunk, but yeah, like, I'm not an angry drunk, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, and, and not that I expect to need to draw it, but it's better safe than sorry. Better to have it, man. Better to have it. Like, and, tr- and on the other side, it's like actually safer in many ways to have it on your person as opposed to leaving it somewhere where it could be stolen. Right. Exactly. Not that I think anybody in our group would have done that, but you know, I left my campsite unattended for hours and hours at a time. You know, I don't want to have to worry about where my pistol is. I want to know where it is. I want to feel it attached to me. And, um, no, it was very like liberating to be like, Holy hell, look at all these crazy fuckers. Like this is fucking awesome. You know, Yeah, but dude. So, so on that note though, like with the trust thing, you know, BR talks about it all the time, or at least recently he has where it's like, you know, if we, if we're going to have any hope of getting out of this mess, like we have to trust each other. We have to grow the community. We can't be so paranoid and isolationist as to like, assume everybody's a fucking fed. Um, but like understanding that the moment somebody, tar- you know, starts talking nonsense, about, you know, blowing shit up or this or that, you know, that's a pretty good sign. They might be a fucking fed and should be treated as such. Um, but I think, I think this whole thing about trusting, you know, in some ways, trusting strangers, like trusting our entire fucking country to, to maybe be like you said, like there's more of us than we might imagine. Right. Having, having a little bit of faith. And I think they purposely isolate us for that reason though. Mm-hmm. is because together so much more of a threat to them than they are to us. Um <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, no. Choderberg was was definitely an eye opener um cuz 
the only other person that has been in my camp that I've met was the person that turned me on to E-Militia, Binding the Bullet, all of them, which was my, <clears throat> sorry, uh, your, your classmate. Co-worker. Yeah, my, my, it was my classmate in college. Classmate. I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, you hmm. know, and ever since then, I haven't ever really found anyone else. I've felt, I, I've found like libertarians and stuff. I've got a libertarian coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another coworker who's, He's ex-military, and he's kind of like in, on the edge. I'll eventually turn him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I've had a few moments where I'll be like talking to somebody, uh, you know, not necessarily somebody I know well, but yeah. they'll start saying some stuff, and I'll go, I'll go, you know, you kind of halfway sound like a libertarian. And every time it seems like they go, like, ew, like, no, like, I am not yeah. one of those people. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is that response? Like, you know, it's funny because anarchists make fun of libertarians as being yeah. like, you know, half-assed motherfuckers. Um, but to to have it be such an insult when it's like, well, but you just said X, Y, Z. And that, that pretty much, well, you know, that pretty much aligns with the uh, the good Dr. Paul, if if you will. And uh it's like, do you even know what that word means? Like, you're you're having this like negative response to a word. Well, you know, and again, I think it, it's just so much fucking propaganda out there vilifying that train of thought, and like, they'll be like, "Well, you know, there's there's libertarians out there that are uh, pedophiles." It's like, yeah, there's fucking conservatives, Democrats. Uh, it, it, there's no camp of of politics that it does not have pedophiles in it it is unfortunately a just sickness that that takes over everything mm-hmm. and 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 you know once once there's one of them they're all that and it's like dude no yeah have you seen this uh this tiktok that went around of the what like the sex therapist with the shaved head who uh is talking about maps, MAPs. Yes, I minor. saw that a little bit. Man, don't you just want to punch that that they in the per right in the <laughs> face? You know, like that person. I'm like, I don't even know what to, you know. But Jesus, man, so, Talk, talking about minor attracted persons being vilified and marginalized, like, yeah. They should be, motherfucker. Like, just because they're raping children. Yeah, just because they like to fuck kids. They they get vilified. Like, they're just people, too. Uh, it's like, oh, <laughs> golly. It, you do wonder how fucking anybody can think like that, but... So this is a dig on anyone that's trans. You're like, uh, identifies as non-binary, but it, you, you, whatever you said they, it reminded me of a great fucking meme. Have you, ever okay. seen, have you ever seen the conjoined twins? Uh, it's, it's a this chick that has it, basically they're conjoined at the shoulder all the way down to the hip, and they have like mm. two heads. Hmm. I, well, I, don't, I don't think so. But oh, go on. Um, well, it's it's a picture of them, and it's just the only person I'll ever call they them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of good. That's kind of good. <laughs> so if you said that, I just said that fucking me pop out of my head. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like we we're not trying to be hateful here. Like, no, call yourself whatever. The, call yourself whatever the fuck you want, and like, I'll do my very best to be respectful. Um, you know, there's actually it, it, just the other day. You know, there's there's this um, 
transgender, transsexual person, whatever the proper term is, uh, that comes and hangs out at the pub and like sits down with, with the regulars and like, you know, everybody knows Iris and like, Iris is pretty cool. You know, like nobody's got beef with Iris. Some of the old guys kind of are like, kind of weirded out, but like, whatever, like he, see there, I did it. I, you know, he was hanging with us. No, they, them was hanging with us. And, um, yeah, we were just joshing around and stuff. And like, at one point I said something about like, in response to what they said, I said something about like, Oh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like kind of referring to whatever story they had just told me. And I'm, you know, instantly in my head, I'm like, Oh, did I just misgender? But like, Iris didn't have no beef about it. Like, you know, I think you see, that's the kind of, that's, that's those kind of people that I completely and utterly respect. I used to Mm -hmm. play a a video games with, um, someone and she's now a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, went through the whole process and everything. Um, I respect them. Super cool person. I played a lot of video games with them. Um, and I was there whenever they were making that decision and it's like, Hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. And I appreciate you not pushing that on me. That's all I ask for. Mm-hmm. I don't push my straightness or or whiteness or whatever fucking bullshit they want to say. I'm not pushing that on anyone. It's just how I am. If I can't change that I am white, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go get fucking pigment put yeah. into my skin just so that I can be more diverse. So you can rid your, so you can rid yourself of your privilege. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. I don't know if you use like dating apps at all. Yeah. See, I've thought about it and I'm just like, (laughs) dude, it's it's just a fucking cesspool. I don't want to get into. It's kind of fucked, man. I like, I don't have the patience for it, but occasionally, you know, when I'm like, man, I just need to find me a woman, you know, I'll like, I'll sign into Bumble or Tinder or whatever. And, and it's, like, whereas I used to just, you know, before the pandemic, the, the <laughs> quote unquote pandemic, um, I used to just, you know, are they cute or ugly? Like, right? Left, yep. You know, yep. but now, now I like take my sweet time. I look at the profile and half of them say something about like, you know, I saw one last time I was swiping. It was like, if you don't believe white privilege exists, swipe left. And like, if you voted for Trump, swipe left and like all this shit, like fu- fully vaccinated, like, and you better be too. And I'm like, oh, oh God. my God, these women are terrible. You know, like, oh. it's so funny. I actually, there was one that stuck out to me because it said basically the exact opposite of all that stuff. After going through maybe a hundred of these fucking swipes, I see like one girl who's basically like, uh, don't tell me what to think. Don't tell me what to say. Something, 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 something. And I'm like, hell yeah, swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. For real. Yeah, man. Those, those types of women are few and far to, like, in between. It's just, I don't know. Do you uh, do you follow Jesse? Jesse. Jesse hates commies. So I just found her the other day. Well, I just, I just post, I like, I shared her, I tagged her. I, I was like, where, yeah, I think that's where I found her was, was through your story. Yeah. Every, you know, I said something about like, forget Lady Liberty, like Jesse's way cooler, you know, and uh, not going to lie, bro. She's my Instagram crush. <laughs> There's a few of them where it's like, yeah. where the fuck are the women in my area that think like this? Right, right. Like maybe, maybe we need to start some kind of club just to, <laughs> yeah, but it is funny. I go to a, I go to a meetup 
uh, for the No Agenda podcast. Do you ever listen to them? I have not. There's, you dig I it? Have, um, uh, yeah. There's, there's so, so many, many podcasts. So many. I know. And it's like a three-hour episode twice a week. Um, you know, kind of like mine, but mine usually aren't that long. Uh, but they all they do is deconstruct the news and point out the bullshit and the propaganda and try to get to the bottom of things. And they do it in a pretty fucking funny way. And they've got like a million listeners. Um, so in every major city now, there are groups that meet up like once a month, once every you know huh. six, six weeks or whatever, just to hang out and, you know, shoot the shit, talk about what's going on. Like, did you hear on the last episode what, you know, what? you know, Adam and John were talking about this, that, and the other, and like, you know, just a way to connect with people. And I think it became that way out of necessity during the pandemic, because this was one of the few sort of strong communities. You could compare it to like Jack Spierko and the survival podcast, like a very interactive community of listeners. Um, and they started doing these meetups because everybody was going bonkers, like sitting at home by themselves, you know? And then going back to work and feeling like they're the only ones who think the way they think, um, you know, again, this like sort of projected isolation that we we were forced into feeling, uh, whether it was justified or not. But like, it, it's a cool thing. So, I, I, you know, I go to these meetups and and I always halfway hope that there's going to be a cute girl there. And there just never is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I you know, know. It's, like a it's nothing but a fucking sausage fest. Sausage fest, man. Fish. There's yeah. like maybe two dozen w- women there. Yeah, and they're all you know, maybe. like girlfriends or or uh, wives, wives or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I mean, it, you know, it's fucking rad that there were like families and kids yeah, there. There were children there. There was yeah, it was so cool. But you know what it is, in my opinion, man. Again, it's like they'll come around. um Shit, I'm going to be getting myself in trouble in all sorts of ways, but I hate to say it, man. I hate to say it, but men lead, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Not that women can't, but like, generally speaking, men do. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the natural way of things. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have a nature where, oh, the women, they lead the pack. And it's like... Sure, but in human nature, mm-hmm. usually the men, what people like to say is, oh, in nature, it's like, well, okay, that's a different, entire different species. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, gorillas are sort of, you know, patriarchal. And that's a dirty word all of a sudden, too. But, you know, and, you know, and the, the whole, like, fuck the patriarchy thing, it pretty much... Um, ignores the history of all of the terrible female monarchs of of the past, right? Yeah, like, like, you know, look to at say, France. Yeah, man. To say we, you know, we've existed under this patriarchy forever, blah blah blah. It's like you don't know your history, motherfucker. Like Marie yeah. Antoinette fucking beheaded more motherfuckers than anybody. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let the meat cake. Mm-hmm. Let the meat bugs. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Just a couple hundred years. And again, this is not meant to be like men are leaders and women are followers, but you know, it's not. But my mom sometimes... is one of the strongest women, or one of the strongest people I know. Yeah, and and she is very much a leader. Um, she's been called a bitch before because she just she doesn't take shit 
at all and just she is that kind of person and that's yeah it was mm-hmm. well shit you know i'd like i'd i'd call miss jesse a leader you know she's badass as fuck oh yeah there's, and there's um, tons of women out there that are tons of them tons of them but the trend i guess all i'm trying to say to wrap up the thought is generally speaking you know it, it doesn't surprise me that things like Childerberg are kind of a sausage fest at at this point um well, and it's also the uh, the fact that women are a lot more empathetic than men are. Men mm-hmm. come to a much more um, just logical con- conclusion, and that's what that kind of this this uh, camp of thought is. You know, anarchy anarchy is just that logical conclusion of who the fuck should tell me what I can and cannot do with my own body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And women, because they're a lot more empathetic, they like to see the problems of others a lot more. Um, than us men do not that we're selfish or or uncaring i was gonna say maybe they don't see more of it they just feel more yes so to speak so to speak you know at the same time though part of why i am so livid about how we've been treated is because i care about people you know it's like that comes from empathy too I'm not saying that us um, yeah. men are la- are lacking in empathy. They're just a lot more attuned to it. They're a lot more true, attuned to their true, emotions. True. And especially yeah. with, well, you look at the fucking 60s, 70s, and 80s where men were taught nothing but, hey, you can't fucking cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, okay, that's how they were raised. That's how they're going to raise their kids. And that's how those kids are going to raise their kids. Yeah. And at some point, there, there's got to be a fucking breaking point where people have to realize that men can fucking show emotion. You can't just be this stoic... Mm-hmm. Uh, unemotional robot. Shit, man. I I love a good cry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing feels better than just fucking pouring your heart out to someone yeah, and just yeah. being able to release that pressure. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny. I I'm sitting here thinking. I wish I had gone back and re-listened to the Childerberg episodes before before our chat because I can't remember exactly what you said. Um on the mic, but I remember being like, boom goes the dynamite. Like, Oh, you dropped some knowledge, bro. Yeah. Uh, It was just being an individual. Like there's no point. Like just, that's the whole thing of anarchy is, is being an individual, but not being selfish to a point where no one else can, can be helped from you. Like you, you give your surplus to whoever needs it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a lot of it is you need to have you listened to BR's episode with um, uh, f- no more adjectives. I don't think so. So you need to give him a listen. I have sent I've sent a few posts that uh, no more adjectives has um, posted to you. Okay. I'm pretty sure I have anyway. Um, I've talked to them or to him a lot. Um, and. He he has a lot to say about that, and I think a lot of it is like in that episode with uh, Br and No More Adjectives. Fucking great episode, amazing. Was it, um, and it was, was it pretty recent? Way. It was last episode. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a because they go into that just being an individual and the. I mean, just because you're giving your surplus to your neighbor and helping someone else doesn't make you a fucking communist. Nope. It doesn't. It doesn't make you a socialist. It's just helping other people out, and a lot of that is um, 
I think why it's so frowned upon in some people's eyes, especially like the anarcho-capitalists and people like that, is because that is usually tied to communism and the left. Whenever all it is is just helping out your fellow man, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I almost think it's critical. It um, is critical, and that and that's what you know he's he's saying is we need to get rid of this stupid left-right dichotomy. And that's what um, No More Actors is all about, is just anarchy. It's not anarcho-communism. It's not Mm anarcho-capitalism or primitive primitism. Fuck. You know what I'm saying. Anarcho-primitivism. That is a bit of a tongue tongue twister. Yeah. Um, It is just anarchy. And whenever I found that page, I was kind of leaning on the anarcho-capitalist side. I'm not Mm going to lie. And whenever I found that page, I'm like, yeah, this this fighting between all of the different anarchistic communities is such bullshit. We we have the same fucking goals, mm-hmm. and that is just to be with our own people and to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just all be with our own people and be ourselves and have those intentional communities and to just be able to cooperate but not have to be forced into a society with each other like we are now where we have, um, you know, maps and people that are normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it... <laughs> and for, and forced to interact with them and be nice and kind to them. Um, not that you need to be outwardly hostile, but it's that forced, Forced relationship accept, forced oh, and, acceptance. and the acceptance that's yeah, that's yeah. a it's not relationship it's the forced real uh, like just acceptance of it the fact mm-hmm. that you can't just not talk to them and, well i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to jesus for a second here bro yeah i did want to touch back on that so well i was I, just gonna say i i want to make a t-shirt that just says jesus was an anarchist because i believe he was man yeah you know, you can and, twist his words to make it sound like the opposite, but the general trend of what, you know, supposedly Jesus said, um, it's all pretty fucking radically like pro individual choice. Mm-hmm. And, and he basically rests the, the responsibility directly on the individual, right? I mean, he talks about feed your neighbor, clothe, you know, clothe the naked, feed the hungry, like, you know he hung out with everybody. He hung out with mm-hmm. prostitutes and priests like, and, and this idea of like charity of, of altruistic, like gift giving is a, is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's the antidote to socialism. You know, it's like socialism takes that responsibility and puts it in the hands of government. But by doing so, it, you're you're you've now washed your hands of it as the individual. You say, "Oh, someone else has it," so the impetus to be charitable isn't as strong. Like, yep. you know, a lot of the charity that I see, quote unquote, from like the modern Christian church is nothing but mental masturbation. Okay, it and is. it's to stroke their own ego. It's it's paying twenty thousand dollars for a two week missions trip to fucking Uganda or some bullshit to dig a well. Um, that's probably going to collapse in on itself because y'all don't know how to dig the wells. 
you know, you're just a bunch of fucking Midwestern like suburbanites that are trying to like punch your ticket to heaven. I'm a, I'm pretty rough on the Christians, man, because they'd rather do that and spend all that money and all that time than they would like help their literal neighbor, you know, like what Mm -hmm. Jesus would have wanted. Um, I just see so much fucking hypocrisy, but I see, um, again, like, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a practicing Christian and I don't know if I ever will be again, but I find the idea of Jesus to be interesting. Like what is the ideal, um, way to be as a person? You know, that is to me Mm -hmm. what, what Jesus was or is as a metaphor at the very least. Like that is, that is the goal. That is the ideal. And what did he do? Did he, did he vote? (laughs) I don't, I don't fucking think so, man. I don't don't fucking think so. (laughs) Well, it's because he didn't have the choice to vote. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I don't think he would have voted if he had the choice. Well, people often use that one little verse about um, render unto Caesar. What is Caesar's as like justification for government? Like basically saying, no, Jesus wasn't an anarchist. Like render unto Caesar. What is Caesar's? And I'll counter by saying, well, what if Caesar isn't own isn't isn't owed shit, right? What if mm-hmm. what if render under Caesar what is Caesar's actually means he, you know, like the opposite of what you assume, right? If well, if, government, like if government is illegitimate and nothing belongs to them, you know, I think Jesus also said like everything belongs to God, right? Like you don't even own your shit hardly. You know, you're just borrowing it from God. And um, so what is Caesar's? I say nothing, you know. Well, and my thing is, I think anarcho-Christians are the Christians. Like, they are the most true to that teaching because, um, I mean, there's the passage in the Bible that talks about um, having no idols besides God. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think politicians are in this modern era? They are mm-hmm. idols. And mm-hmm. look at fucking Trump. They basically worship worship him as a god. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask Hell, me, that's, he, a, fuck, he that's worships, a fucking idol. He worships himself as a god, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the Christians that follow Trump that closely and worship him like that, that's not a fucking Christian, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. That's coming from someone that just is not religious at all. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would call me atheist. I just... Don't call myself anything. Except an anarchist. Nope. Yeah. That's and you know what? Anarchism to me is a faith based philosophy. Like yeah, it you is have to, you have to have the faith in yourself and others. And others, more importantly. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, yeah and faith because... in faith in the self correcting nature of systems. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's to me a big theme of my anarchism is like after after studying and like witnessing how nature operates um you know it it self corrects over time and that that to me is like the only faith i really need is uh is that understanding of like this is a radically interconnected and inter- interdependent system that we all live in you know called planet earth and uh and it does self correct it might not be pretty you know, that's kind of a major theme of my book, man. Like, mm-hmm. right. This idea of, of, you know, I almost write the book as, as my, um, my hope of how it could go, because I think it's a hell of a lot more preferable 
than like nuclear war, right? Yeah, like, and I agree. I think it is. Some people see it as a dark outcome, but I, I think it's the good outcome. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, people prevail and we just return, we don't return to normality, but return to normality as much as we can mm-hmm. and through um, our own ways. And each community is going to fucking do it differently. Yeah. So my coworkers, they know they. I've had fucking debates with them and shit like that at work, just bullshit and while machines are running. And one of them asked, "Well, what about pedophiles?" It's like that, that's a pretty tough decision, and I don't have an answer for that because it's all going to come down to that case because it's something different if you rape a four-year-old. And you have a a consensual relationship with a sixteen year old. Mm-hmm. Is it creepy? Yes. Mm-hmm. However, it is there's, a consensual relationship. There's you, a massive they, difference. One yes. person probably deserves the guillotine. The other, I don't know. Yeah. And and all people matured at different rates. Like so, uh, some people may be ready for uh, that kind of relationship at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Others are not. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's another thing that is just so bullshit is the blanket statements for laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have no context taken into consideration. Like, um, it's a fucking huge meme, but it's the dude that uh, was at the payphone and the guy that raped his daughter was walking past and he fucking pulls out a pistol, shoots him in the head, and then drops the pistol and, and gets arrested because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm not going to let this motherfucker just sit in, in a prison for 10 years to get re- released and go rape someone else, so I'm going to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And because he took that vigilantism into his own hands, he was arrested and he's in prison for life, even though dude fucking deserved it. <clears throat> yeah, I hate to say it. If that guy was smarter, he might have stalked his prey and found a less... Oh, no, he, he was on the way to, like, prison. Hmm. Like oh, the guy really? was already in cuffs. Really? Yeah, I he see. was already in cuffs. Yeah, he was already in cuffs and everything. Yeah. Well, I guess only that that father could tell you whether or not it was worth it. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Damn. Well, you know it, what you said earlier about sort of like a return, a return to normalcy, right? Like, I think that's kind of the phase that we're in right now, coming out of the past few years. I I hate to even use the word you know, pandemic because I just whatever it's yeah yeah <laughs> after the last couple of years we're, we're coming back to a sense of normalcy but everything has changed at the same time and i think that was kind of the point of the chapter of the book at the motel you know talking with Susie, um yep. sort of the normalcy of it but also the weirdness of the of the uh, negotiation so to speak about and the you know, lack of names uh huh. Yep. The intentional withholding of personal information. Yep. Um. The the discussion about how to pay the 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 you know whatever the fee for the night. Like you you want to pay silver or do you want to pay digital? Like you know, it's like. And, well, it's uh, also it's the inherent trust but skepticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the choice of trust. You know, right? Like he handed over eight silver coins on the promise that he'd get four of them back if he didn't, you know, fuck up the the motel room and like, and then hanging out and like halfway partying with this old motel lady in the, in the back courtyard. Uh Um, and, and like, it's that weird, like towing the line of like, this is just people 
you know, this is now, this is now normal. This is the new normal in this book. Um, but also like pointing out the rarity of that sort of relaxed, frivolous, you know, just shooting the shit kind of mm-hmm. time, kind of pointing out how it, it doesn't happen very often in this, in this new world. Um, and that's coming from me, like personally, just like the interactions I have, um, yeah, you know, no. sort of uh, noticing the specialness of these sort of uniquely, um, human moments right yep. no i agree um <clears throat> it takes a lot of trust to open up mm. about what you truly think with someone and it definitely takes a lot of tiptoeing and you're trusting but you're skeptical like okay so if i tell this person this this person something are they five years down the road whenever the government starts cracking down are they going to be like, hey, I know this fucking dude that's so anti-government that, you know, he calls himself an anarchist. Well, that sounds like an extremist to me. Let's go fucking kick in his door. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's also like, even if they do, fuck it. You know, it's going to happen to from one person or another. It might, you might as well just go ahead and spread the idea. Yeah, yeah. Because I... you, there's, it may be like me where you're just going to talk to that right person at the right time and it's just going to fucking click. I had fears for a little while um, about like doing the podcast, right? Putting myself out there, potentially, you know, potentially painting a target on my back. Um, but anymore, man, I just, it's like, I know what I'm doing is, is right. And I don't want to live in fear. So like if they come take me, I, you know, part of the strategy is, you know, by being so open and honest and and like not hiding and, and, you know, using my name, use, you know, hell, if they wanted to come get me, they could come get me pretty fucking easy. I'm not a hard guy to find, you know? Well, and that's the other thing is they already have a list of, of the people that they want to grab. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much you fucking cover your tracks. Mm-hmm. They know who you are. They know where you live. It's the fucking government. They have infinite resources. If they wanted to fucking get you at any time of the day, night, it doesn't fucking matter. They're going to do it. There's nothing that you can do to stop it except for spread your message and and just be who you are and not well, let that fear cripple you because that's exactly what they want. It is what they want. And I, I think it's an actual, like, paradoxically, it's a it's a level of protection to be public. Um, it is. It's, it's saying that if I disappear people might notice, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, I'll be honest, man, it'd be a little bit cruel, but I almost as a exercise want to go, <laughs> want to go dark. Just want to go dark for like two months for like a month and just make people wonder, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I ever will, you know, I don't know if yeah. I, I don't know if I could keep my trap shut for a whole month. <laughs> no, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. um no and that's that's the thing though is you can't let that fear cripple you i still struggle with it i do but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's you can't let it do it because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they want and it's just playing right into their hand they just want you to fucking fold Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah man yeah, I'm I'm tempted to like ask you for more thoughts on the book. I don't have any specific questions. I guess like did you notice anything that didn't make sense or wasn't consistent? Like I partly I want to have 
folks like you reading it with a critical eye and uh, pointing anything out that kind of doesn't that, that that isn't clear. Um, uh, I don't think there's anything that I noticed that was glaringly like wrong mm-hmm. or that didn't make sense. Okay. There was, I mean, there was, like I said, uh, in Instagram DMs, um, that there was just ever so slight, like words that were just wrong or typos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a rough draft. It's it nothing is, it new. Is. And yeah. I can just take like a second, like, oh shit, that's the word that he was that was supposed to be there in that sentence to make that sentence make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Past that, it's pretty consistent. I like what you do with the. Uh, um, with the story switching back and forth, mm-hmm. flashing back and flashing forward, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And obviously, I will say the I forget what chapter it was, but uh, the pool. Yeah. Uh, that may that hit me pretty hard. Huh. Well, it hit me hard writing it, man. Yeah, I've been through something pretty similar, and it kind of mm-hmm. made me um. Kind of made me realize some things um, that I may have been both people. Huh. Yeah. Um, I definitely. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of a good cry, I had one writing that. I I I teared up a little bit. I did. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I went through. It's it's been two years, but I still think about it every now and then. It's mm-hmm. it's just that. It was it was a long term relationship. We were we were best friends in in, in high school. We dated for two years, and then it was the same thing. We just fell out of love. I don't know what the fuck happened. We just mm-hmm. got in fights constantly. We couldn't communicate. And and so reading that passage, I felt pretty fucking... It hit me hard. I tell you, that's right now in my mind, that's going to be the hardest part of the story to... Conclude. To wrap up, because yep. I don't know how. <laughs> You know, yeah, I just don't know. Um, and I guess that's all I can say about that (laughs) (laughs) to quote, Uh, to quote the great Forrest Gump. (laughs) That's all I can say about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty hard hitting part of the story. I'll give you props for that because it it had me, it had me tearing up. It's kind of, it was one of those things I wasn't sure if it would translate necessarily because it felt, you can uh, at least I can. I can yeah. feel that emotion and <clears throat> and just the hurt, mm-hmm. especially switching from normal text to just all caps. You, mm-hmm. I can just feel that anger and frustration because I have been that person. Yeah, 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 bro. Damn, I was almost yep. afraid you were gonna bring that part of it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and it it was a good part. It was a good yeah. part. Yeah, I think I think a good story needs needs a little bit of that tone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it's just like desperation. Well, it's, I guess what I'm trying to decide, is it part of the story or is it just part of the backstory? You know, I think it's a, I think it's a part of the backstory because the man is, he's just, he was broken and he still kind of is, mm-hmm. but he's, he's, he's getting fixed. Mm-hmm. But no, no vasectomy. No, no vasectomy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't. I give my dad so much shit because he has kids from diff, three different women, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And at one point he was like, he was gonna get a vasectomy, and it's like at some points it's like, 
fucking you need to, old man, because I can't have any more siblings. <laughs> I, have, I have a half brother that is 15 years younger than me. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, dude, fucking learn to pull out. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A wise construction worker that I know once told me, he said, fuck a vasectomy. It's all about self-control. <laughs> pull out you dumb fucks you know like that that was more yeah. or less what he said yeah yeah, yeah. And it's true though mm-hmm. yeah i made a point of pointing that out during the whole uh roe v wade debate i'm like yep. you know, i'm i'm like really guys like this is kind of our fault like <laughs> It is. It's all. It's also the women's fault for just going. Ah, yeah. Just nut at me. I'm on birth control. It's like. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't. It takes two to tango. That's right. That's right. And uh, people, they fucking, they want to divert their responsibility Mm -hmm. to everyone else besides themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I was. I've been watching The Walking Dead season ten. I used to love The Walking Dead. I watched Mm -hmm. it. I've read the comics. And I fell out of the love for the TV show about season eight. Me too. Before that me too. as well. Yeah. yeah. It got uh, kind of repetitive. repetitive. Yeah. Yep. Season nine, season 10 have been pretty good. Um, I'm watching season 10 right now. And there was this thing in there and it was uh, <clears throat> the whisperers. This is kind of minor spoilers. Not really. Though. Okay. Whatever. It's been out for a while, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so they have one of the whisperers and they're like, it takes so little to make y'all crumble because y'all feel as if you're so civilized, but you trust so little that the slightest nick and push will get you to eat each other a fucking alive. Mm. And it's the same. And it, it made me think because I was watching it like right before I came on the show. It's the same for our own society and even the community itself. You know, mm. someone says the like, they're like, Hey, where do you live? And it's like, oh, you're a fed. It's like, no, don't give me specifics. Don't give me your fucking address. But I live in West Texas. Yeah. You know, sure, whatever. I know that you live in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Everyone on the on the podcast knows that. Mm-hmm. But you're also not, oh, eh, you, you kind of are giving out your address. I kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of am. <laughs> but at the same time, the only people that I don't want to have my fucking address know my uh, my address, my social security number, yeah. and yeah. steal from me every fucking waking moment, whether mm-hmm. it's through taxes, inflation, or just fucking any way possible. Stealing your rights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, uh, if... People want to find me, they can find me. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the skepticism and paranoia in the community really helps and hurts us. Yeah, because I you think have people that are trying to do such good shit, like uh, Pacific Northwest Gorilla, he does such good shit, but he gets called a fed because he's making people come together as a community, quit being fucking loners Mm -hmm. and to trust for once in their goddamn lives. You're not going to, like he says, you're not going to fucking wait it out and survive in a goddamn cave. You're Mm going to starve to death, bleed to death or die of an infection because you have no one else there to support you. You're not going to fucking clear a room by yourself. You're not going to clear a building by yourself and you're sure as fuck not going to survive by yourself. And what kind of life would that be anyways? Exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, the whole bunker mentality. It's like, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. We need gardens, not bunkers. Right. Yep. Well, shit, man. I, you know, I, I'm at a loss here, but do you have any more thoughts? I don't know. I think that pretty well flushes it out. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, hell yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's a good spot to end on is, is yeah. to quit being so fucking skeptical and paranoid. Mm-hmm. Be paranoid enough and always critically think, mm-hmm. but don't, whenever someone is trying to get someone together and to build a community, don't immediately think of Fed. It's someone mm-hmm. that just sees the shit for what it is mm-hmm. and the paranoia and lack of trust is what they want. Yeah, man. And uh, on that sentiment, I'll say that it is it is an intention of mine to have easy peasy fest at some point. And I want in. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. let me know. I'll fucking I'll help fund it if I have to to make yeah. this motherfucker happen. You know, the thing of it is the way I envision it. I think the only thing we might have to pay for is a couple of Porta Johns. You know, I kind of want to have it. I want to have a pop-up anarchy village similar to Childerberg, mm-hmm. um, basically out out on land where we can camp for free. You yeah. know, so yeah. that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> um, and I think it's a great idea. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be more festivals like that. And there's there's some that we just don't even know about because this community is so fucking spread out. But yeah. that's what I love about your show so much. Is the fact that you try and bring in so many communities. Not that other shows aren't doing it, but I feel that you just have, because you are a polymath, you have so mm-hmm. many interests, you bring in so many different people that have those different interests. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've brought on, or you haven't brought on, but you've been on BR's podcast, you've been on the Survival podcast, you've been, I mean, you're going to be tra- you're going to be talking at Reliance Fest next. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, if anybody wants to go, that's October first yeah. and second down in yep. Tennessee. Yeah, your yo boys, in- your boys gonna be talking. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's man. Gonna be uh, cool as fuck. You're doing well, great things, man. I appreciate it, man. You've been a huge like you've been a huge support. You know, when like there weren't very many. You know, you you started listening yeah. like right after Childerberg, and mm-hmm. I, I appreciated every like word of encouragement you ever sent. Um, you know. Sounds like maybe somebody got some bitcoins that wasn't me, but you've sent some bitcoins my way too, and that's pretty fucking uh, rad. Yeah, that was uh, thirty dollars worth of bitcoin down the drain, but fuck <laughs> it. Oh well, I don't even know where the fuck I got the bitcoin address from. Is the sad part? Huh? Funny. But I'm pretty sure I did it whenever I was like half asleep, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully they use it for good. That's all I'll hopefully. say. But I know, I know, I will. I know, I will. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, right on, man. I think uh, let's let's call it there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the recording. We can kind of say our goodbyes after the fact, but uh, All right. just want to say thanks for coming on. You know, as usual, you're 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 on point, Dennis. I'll tell you that you're on fucking point. It. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Hey, on uh, on the note of support, I'll <laughs> ask you. I'll ask you. Go to easypeasygardens.com and hit the donate tab. Um, you know, I got to fund my next trip down to Tennessee y'all. So help me, help me out if you could. Um, and with that, thanks for listening.